0: So we are talking about remembering your baptism. This is the day on which we remember the baptism of Christ. I'm just asking, how many of y'all remember your baptism? Yeah, some of you do, right? Uh, I was, you know, I was like Paisley mentioned, I was baptized as an infant. For a long time, I used to think, I don't don't really remember much about that. And then, I don't know, a a number of years back... I was in Victoria, and I was driving, and I, I drove by this little uh, Lutheran church, little frame building, and I looked at that, and I thought, man, that looks really familiar, uh, you know, and, and I thought, you know, I think that's the, the church my folks said that uh, they started meeting in. My, my parents were part of forming a new church in Victoria, and so before they actually had their own building, they were renting space from this congregation. And, uh, and so I stopped, and I went in, the doors were open, and I went inside, and I looked inside the room and looked up at the ceiling and everything, and I remembered the inside of that building very clearly, and I had a very clear memory. And so later on, I'm talking to my mother about that, and I said, well, was that, that was the, the church? And she said, yeah, that's where we rented space until we had our own building built. And I said, well, like, how old was I when we moved into our own building? And she says, oh, about one. I thought, well, I may not remember the baptism, but something made an impression on me, right? Something <laughs> stuck. Um, you know, we, we oftentimes talk about baptism and the language gets used as a rite of entry into the Christian faith. And I'm going to suggest to you this morning that, that that's not adequate, that there's something much more. That it, Baptism is really a, it, its identity. It's about who we are. Uh, Martin Luther once said that whenever life got hard or things were difficult or whatever, he would say to himself, remember that you were baptized. Uh, It's remembering who we are and who we belong to and that we are indeed children of God in all times and in all places. And so this morning I want to unpack a a little bit about baptism uh, to you and then later in the service you're going to have the opportunity to reaffirm your baptism or if you've not been baptized, to be baptized. Uh, Let's pray. Mighty God, we give you thanks that you reach out to us and you call us into this relationship with you. And so this morning we ask you to open our hearts and minds to what you say to us. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Luke and Matthew both start with the birth stories about Jesus. Uh, John starts with the beginning of creation, but Mark begins with the baptism of Jesus. And the story is like this. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. So, just a couple of things about this story. Uh, one is to remember that, that John and Jesus are cousins, and uh, and they've known each other all their lives. So, you know, they, they're they're not unfamiliar with each other. They've been around each other all their lives uh, through this. And uh, and so, when John speaks about Jesus, you know, I mean, he's not talking about somebody he doesn't know. He's talking about somebody he knows uh, very well. Uh, second, sometimes people get this thing that, you know, okay, he's out there in, in, in the wilderness and he's eating bugs. You should know there's a plant called a locust plant that grows out there. So when it talks about eating locusts, um, he might have been eating the bugs, but he may have also been eating the fruit of that plant. And, you know, So that's kind of a double uh, meaning on that kind of thing. But he's out there and he's doing this baptism and, and we oftentimes... Um, get people asking us, well, why did Jesus go to be baptized? I mean, if if Jesus didn't sin, why did he need to be baptized? And so I want to remind you that in the Chalcedonian definition or understanding, Jesus is both fully human and fully divine. And obviously the divine side of of Christ would not have needed baptism. but, But the human side, the part that we partake in, that we are connected with, was baptized so that we understand that to fully enter into relationship with God, we need to enter into this as well. I mean, he's setting the model for us, the role for us, showing us what it means to be fully connected with God, and that involves baptism. So he comes to be baptized by John, and I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I had this kind of picture in my image that was kind of like the Frio River, you know, clear water, rocky, pretty, pristine. It's not. This is the Jordan River. Yeah, right? That's what it looks like, right? Y'all were just, and y'all, if you, if you go back this summer, you'll get to see it again. And, and, and you can see it's kind of nasty and murky, and, and actually there's a site that is uh, frequently used for baptisms, and you see the steps going down the water, they just kind of disappear, In that nasty water Uh, and and there's a rail around the outside that marks the kind of shallow area there where you can go into it's also there to keep things from floating into you while you're in the water Uh, it's it's less than beautiful uh, but but this is where they went and so uh, they they came here to be baptized in the river and they walked into this water and in that place uh, I want to remind you of, of the importance of the number two just remember the number two that there were two actors and two parts uh, to baptism taking place. Uh, the two actors are, are God and you. Now, uh, Those of us, uh, we may be functionaries, you know, that are putting water on you. We may be the functionaries, but this is really between God and you. Uh, you all are the ones involved in this. And the two parts of baptism given us in Mark's gospel are baptism by water and baptism by the Spirit. Baptism by water is where we come into the presence of God and we say, I repent, and God says, I forgive. That word repent uh, is uh, metanoia in Greek. Uh, It it means to change your way of knowing or understanding or looking at the world. It's it's to go from looking at the world like this to looking at the world in this direction, 180 degrees different. Uh, It's to change the whole orientation. It isn't simply to say, I'm sorry. Uh, It's to say, I'm sorry, and I'm going to commit to being different. Uh, It's a change of of who we are and this part of baptism is not really unique to Christianity Uh, This was going on for thousands of years before Christianity began. Uh, In the Jewish faith, they were known as purification rituals. Uh, They're also in other Middle East religion of that period of time. So we share this in common with a lot of other places where people come in the presence of God, offer up what they need to, and and the water represents a a spiritual cleansing. In the same way, uh, you might shower the dirt off after you've been working in the yard or something. The water represents a spiritual cleansing or a spiritual washing, uh, God's forgiveness of what's been in our past and this is what John was doing in in the River Jordan when Jesus came to him Um, this is kind of what we picture uh, in our American culture this is what we talk about a lot we talk about coming to the river or being washed in the blood and all those kinds of language pieces we use it's really focused on this part the part about forgiveness and I want you to hear it's just the first act now it's an important first act but it's just the first act because this is the place where we take all that stuff inside of us that needs to be laid aside, and we offer up to God, and God takes that away from us. All the things that, that bind us, uh, that imprison us in our past, the things that we're uh, bound to and in shackles to uh, in our behaviors, all those kinds of things, we bring them into the presence of God, and, and we offer them to God, and God takes them away. God washes them away from us. Uh, it's the place where we take all the things that keep us from being in close relationship with God and and have them removed Um, you know anyone who uh, if you're in a high priority kind of relationship with anyone uh, you know one of the things that has to be true for there to be depth and power and intimacy is is you can't keep secrets from one another you can't be hiding things from one another you know if you're hiding something or or part of yourself from the other person then that relationship is only going to go so far Uh, For it to have real strength and for it to have real depth and for it to have real power means that all of that stuff has to be brought out in the open and has to be released. And that's part of baptism by the water. It's coming and bringing all that stuff to God. It's also emptying ourselves out it's also emptying ourselves out so that there is room for God in our lives. Uh, there's an old Buddhist um, uh, story about the, the, the student that comes to the master seeking enlightenment, and he says, Master, I've been to many of uh, them seeking enlightenment. and The master says, well, you know, it's, it's wise that you've come seeking enlightenment. Uh, before we start, let's have tea. And so he, he begins to pour tea, and, and he fills the cup, and then the cup pours, spills over onto the saucer, and then it begins to spill over onto the floor. And the student says, master, master, stop. Don't you care that you're spilling the tea? And the master says, oh, that's right. You cannot pour tea into a cup that's already full. I mean, baptism by the water is us emptying out of ourselves all those things that come between us and God all those things that bind us and hold us all those uh, addictions and sins and faults and failures and and past behaviors all of those things that keep us from fully entering into life with God it's where we get that poured out of us God rinses that out of us but here's the deal if you stop there what do you feel to cut back up with And the the second part of baptism for those of us who are Christians is baptism by the Spirit. Having having emptied out the cup then, we have made place in our lives for God's Spirit to come and dwell. And we invite God to come into our lives. We commit ourselves to be your people. God, we want to be your children. And God says, I will empower you to be the people I created you to be in the first place. Uh, There's a wonderful story in the Acts of the Apostles about this. Uh, While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. Before that, that second baptized, baptism, all they had was themselves. And, and too often, that's what happens. We, we, we come to God and we want to be forgiven we want to have all that stuff washed away from us but then what we do is we just have that empty cup and we go and we fill it with that nasty water and then we wonder why nothing's different because we haven't invited god to come into the midst of who we are and dwell within us you know you know on our own uh you know you know we just keep repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again i don't know about you but you pick up the paper or you look on the internet or you watch the news and you think, oh my gosh, what's going on? You know, what's the world coming to? I mean, it's like you're watching one of those horror movies, you know, where they're, they're in the house and something's after them and, and, and they're upstairs and there's a noise in the basement and you're thinking, don't go down there. And they go, oh, we better go down in the basement. You're going, no, don't go in the basement. Oh yeah, we better go check out what it is. And so they go and they open the door and it's dark, Right. And they start to go down the stairs and you're going, turn on the light, turn on the light. They don't turn on the light. They walk down there in the dark and they're going down and you're going, stop, don't do it. And then something awful happens to them, right? Isn't that the way we are? <laughs> you know, we stumble around in the darkness and we try to do it on our own. What's unique about Christian baptism is God says, you don't have to do it that way. Once you've poured that out, I'll pour my spirit into you. God will come and dwell in that space in our lives. And God will give us God's understanding and God's direction and God's power. Now, I want you to hear very clearly. It is not about us making our plans and asking God to bless them. It's about us living into God's plans. It's not about our understanding. It's about God's understanding. It's not about our power. It's about God's power. Having poured yourself out of the cup, there is room now for the Spirit to come and dwell within you. And when the Spirit who breathed life into us in the beginning comes to dwell fully within us, then amazing things begin to happen. But it's not because of who we are or what we're able to do. It's because we allow God to work in us to come and to recreate us into the people God intends for us to be. So so when you come, I'm just going to give a quick reminder. When you you come and we talk about baptism, the two actors are are God and you, and the two parts are, are water, where we say I repent and God says I forgive, and spirit, where we say I commit and God says I empower. You know, in, in the early church when they would do baptisms, uh, they would usually do them by immersion. They would take people out to the river and, and you know, bring them completely under the water and bring them up. And they understood the imagery was that, that when people were immersed, that was them being crucified and dying with Christ and entombed with Christ. And when they came up out of the water, that was them being resurrected into new life, recreated into new life. And this morning, that's the opportunity you have. Uh, to come and, 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 and let all of that which binds you and imprisons you and shackles you, let all of that be crucified and entombed. And then let the Spirit, the very breath of God, resurrect you into new life and create you anew to be the people that God intended you to be. Let's pray. Almighty Father, we give you thanks that in your love you call us to this time, that you give us the opportunity to bring before you all of those things that, that bind us and imprison us and hold us in sin and in fault and failure, and that in your mercy and in your forgiveness you release us from that, and then you come and indwell us with your Spirit, breathing into us new life, recreating us to be the people you intend for us to be, So, Father, we come this morning and we give you thanks that in your mercy, in your grace, and in your love, you have raised us up to new life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.